The Florida Panthers will be back in their barn for game six, and we have everything to prepare for Friday night's game. We talk about the fallout of game five, some of the injury updates ahead of game six, and we talk about players who get you there and players who get you through all on today's show. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, April 28th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mondoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And a special shout out to all the everydayers who make not only Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day, but also wanting to get your daily Florida Panthers fix whether it's the Florida Panthers being behind 3-1 in a series or an attempt to make a comeback. So I want to say thank you, especially to the everydayers. And crazy to think that the expectation of being here, especially if you're a neutral hockey fan who thought that the Florida Panthers with the point difference of them and the Boston Bruins. A lot of people said Boston in four or even five. But again, like we preached for over a week now, really ever since game 82, is that the Florida Panthers aren't your typical ace seed opponent. And now we have a game six in Sunrise, Florida. And boy, do the Florida Panthers have a chance to bring this to a seventh game. But it is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show where Nick Fairbanks is back here. Nick, welcome back to the show. And I'm glad we are previewing a game six instead of talking about the offseason. It's almost as if we kind of manifested this to happen. Um, You know, whether the playoffs just started or, you know, um, just the overall, just the feeling around this team. You know, like you said, you know, a lot of Boston people or a lot of the experts are picking Boston at four or five. Well, <laughs> sorry to bust your brackets, boys, but, um, and, and girls. Uh, but all season, we've said that this team has been resilient. They've never given up. And what could you say about last night's performance? They were hemmed in much of the game after the second, I mean, during the second period and after, and they just wouldn't quit. So I'm not quitting on them. Armando, I know you're not quitting on them. I know none of the fans are going to be quitting on them, but still they have a tall task ahead of them because they actually have to win one in Florida first. (laughs) Yes. And then they have to go back and win a third game in Boston. So let, let's get it done. Let's, let's, let's just get the one game down here in sunrise done and let's go back up to Boston and put all the pressure on the Bruins. Mm -hmm. And, And I also want to ask you about the decision to play Sergei Bobrovsky as well, because listen, I, I, I was very unsure and 
and of course, 44, 47 on the, on the night. Uh, I, I want to give you your thoughts on all the thought process going into it and then what, what happened after and your thoughts after. So um, it was 50-50 in the air for me because I think Lyon looked great. He was making saves. And number one thing for me in playoffs is a goalie that can control his rebounding. Bob showed that he really couldn't do that in game four, unfortunately, and then in the little that he played in uh, game three. So, but he is the veteran. Maurice went with him because of the experience and that he needs to own it, which you have to wonder if that's ever actually happened to him since he's come to Florida. If somebody's put it up to him saying, hey, listen, you're the veteran here. We brought you here for $10 million a year. You know, it's, it's time to, you know, put the ball in your court and you run with it. So, um, you know, your your leaders and your the people that you expect to play big minutes and play in the big time, they have to come through. And Bob certainly did last night. Um, you know, whether it was a couple of saves, you know, routine saves or basically um, helping out, um, you know, with a poke check here and there, because I love that new addition to his game or simply just making a right pad save with one second to go in regulation. So good idea. <laughs> good idea by Maurice to put him in. Still scary to think that Brad Marchand had that chance to to get the game winner. But let, let's go to what Paul Maurice had to say about putting Sergei Bobrovsky in in a pressure situation. This was this was a question asked by Jamison Olive of FloridaPanthers.com. And to think that after listening to that, you think of the leaders needed to step up. Of course, Matthew Kachuk has been that all all series. And then we spoke about you spoke about parts of game three for Sergey Bobrovsky um, entering in, and then game four not having a not so great uh, game um, game, and and then of course Barkov not playing, not not even coming onto the scene just yet. And here here we are with an opportunity to to for, force a game seven, but also, you know, I, I, I spoke about it yesterday. You are more known for how you perform in pressure situations. And Paul Maurice put up a challenge. It's like, okay, you're making this much. You have been, you've beaten a president's trophy team before. Now, now, now do it again. So, that is my that is my takeaway uh, based on what he spoke about of Sergey Bobrovsky after Game Five. And again, the pressure did need to be there. You know, um, I, I happen to think, and this is just my own opinion on this, that previous coaching staffs that dealt with Bob, you know, Quinville, um, 
you just have to wonder if they were afraid to put the pressure on Bob because I know that in his career in the playoffs, he's not a huge performer. He only started to perform when he was on that last year in Columbus and they swept Tampa Bay. I don't think anybody in Florida's tried to put pressure on him besides himself. And now that they're on the brink of elimination and Maurice comes to you and says, Hey, we're rolling with you for game six. I think Bob kind of showed the reason why he needs to have faith restored in them because whether we like it or not, and whether fans want to admit it or not, there's a very good chance that the Panthers don't make the playoffs this year. And Alex Lyon aside for what he did in the final seven, eight games, mind you, this team would not be in that position if Bob did not play the way he did from January through the all-star break at all. I mean, that's really when they started making their move and they started closing the gap on everybody. So um, Bob deserves this moment. He came through and I really hope he's up to par and he's ready for game six. Yeah. And you're talking about Sergey Borowski and his, and his performance in the playoffs. Really? It, it didn't, it wasn't until his last year with the Columbus Blue Jackets that, well, his, uh, his first year with the Columbus Blue Jackets, he posed a, a 908 uh, save percentage, but the record was uh, two and four. So, but again, goalie, goalie wins aren't necessarily at the end all be all in, in that, but just exploded on the scene, of course, that playoff run in, in 2019, beating the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's, he, he posed a 925 save percentage in just absolutely incredible in the, in that postseason, in, in the postseason, not in the regular season, but just not, not known, not known for being that playoff performer. And of course we knew how bad he was in, in the, in, in the, in the bubble, um, even in 2021 where he's posed an 841 save percentage as well. And was even taken out, um, for Chris Drieger and Spencer Knight, but mm-hmm. This is the opportunity for Sergey Bobrovsky definitely to, to, to right all the wrongs uh, pre- previously. And crazy stat: thirteen and eight in playoff overtimes for Sergey Bobrovsky. Um, the the broadcast pointed out twelve and eight prior to it, and of course with the win, thirteen and eight. So at, at <laughs> least that is on uh, Sergey Bobrovsky's side there. So what I will say is because I watched the national feed with ESPN and um, unfortunately they are known as the Eastern Sporting Programming Network. Uh, so so they're, they're definitely going to favor uh, anybody who's close to New England or uh, you know, Connecticut. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of the uh, analysts that were on ESPN before they switched over to game coverage, and I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, is that they said that this game was a formality for game five. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Th- thanks for the extra, uh, you know, gas on the fire for us because Florida stuck in it and now they're coming back down. But I guess the overall point that I'm, I'm trying to make is, is that the national broadcast did themselves no favors because what they showed for Bobrovsky is that his record in elimination games was like two and seven. Show me another goalie that has like an overall like winning record in elimination games. The only one that I can probably think that might even be close to having a positive one are the all-time greats or Andre Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just didn't understand that, that stat. I mean, going into overtime, 
they didn't show that stat on the national one. But if they if you're watching the Florida feed, I'm glad they did because then I think I would have had more hope then. I didn't expect them to win in overtime last night. So near that I of course we were waiting for that for all hell to break loose, that's for sure. But yep. we're gonna transition over to segment number two where we're gonna discuss more about the players that get you there and the players that get you through an interesting conversation that I want to have with Nick in segment number two here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right in the, the first time around. Just add your vehicle to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. With one, over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. With the right parts, the right fit, and the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. E- eBay guaranteed fit available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only exclusions apply back on this second segment here on this friday april 28th edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast it's another edition of fairbanks friday and i saw you laugh a little bit and i i kind of know why because if you notice in the ad read when i say uh let's ride i'm impersonating russell wilson of the denver Broncos. <laughs> so if, if you hear it like that it's 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 by design ladies and gentlemen but <laughs> i think you were better than he was Broncos country. That was great. Right. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Fake persona, Russell Wilson. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, let's talk about more of this uh, this quote that I heard from the Jeff Merrick show today. He was, he, of course, every every Monday through Friday he has a show on, on Sportsnet. I listen to the audio version because, of course, I don't have the channel. And he always brings Elliot Freeman every single day to talk about to talk for at least thirty minutes to talk about what's going on in in the sport of hockey or in the playoffs that night. And talk about the players who get you there and the players who get you th- through. And I think about Matthew Kachuk. Just about when, whenever, even when the Panthers weren't winning, we saw the three-point games, the multi-point games as well. Of course, setting a franchise record for multi-point games in, 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 in Florida Panthers history. So, but of course, the the winning wasn't wasn't backing that up. And e- there were even times where we were questioning is is uh is Matthew Kachuk's point production sac- is is that a big sacrifice to the team's success and now we look a little dumb even thinking that and players who get you there and play and players who get you through and listen again I'm not saying that the Florida Panthers will win the series but just about the adversity of being nine points back and and Kachuk carrying the load. Of course, goaltending had to, a lot to do with it with Alex Lyon late in the season and then Sergey Brovsky even before he went down with that non-COVID illness. But Matthew Kachuk fits every part of that bill when it comes to someone who can get you through. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I put Barkov in that category because we we have a big enough sample size of how, of what he's done in the postseason. But the Panthers do have that guy who could possibly get you through. And I just think more of Matthew Kachuk when it comes to a player of that caliber. That would be 
probably the best way that you could describe Matthew to Chuck right now. Um, I think Boston fans would probably highly disagree um, because he's been called every name in the book uh, since probably what game three, you know, with that little uh, cross check to the back. But I think the fact is, is that Florida was able to acquire him for two players that were not going to get you through. Now we've seen mm-hmm. it in the last couple of seasons where you had Barkoff, you had Uberdo, and you had Weger. They'll get you to the playoffs, right? They like they'll have a bunch of great games where they have multi points and everything. But you know, were they able to get the team, you know, through the tough times um, when there was nobody there? Or like, let's say Barkoff goes down, was Uberdo able to step up? Um, was Weger? Weger actually, I will say did step up when the team needed him because how many times did Aaron Eckblad go down, unfortunately, with a season-ending injury and Uyghur became an elite defenseman? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to take that away from him. But I think it's more aligned with Huberto not stepping up and, I guess, taking over the team like he probably should have. So I think the fact that Florida was able to get a player like Matthew Duchuk and he's proving his worth in his first season – not only having a career year, but just the emotional, um, you know, heartbeat of the team. And now he's actually leading them on the ice and trying to create everything he can, whether he's being a pest, he's trying to set up plays, he's trying to just overall do everything. And he makes it seem look easy, to be honest. No doubt. You know, it, it doesn't look like he's straining himself. It, like, he looks like he's built for this, which he either – thank his family, his dad for that, you know, the animosity with his brothers, things like that. So, um, yeah, I can't disagree with that at all. Uh, he's, he's definitely both types of players. Yeah. And I want to play this uh, clip from Paul Maurice when talk, when, when asked by Katie Engelson about Matthew Kachuk getting, getting on the board and, and of course carrying the Panthers to that win on Wednesday night. That smirk towards the end of that of that clip was when you see Paul Maurice doing this, he's like, it's like the, yeah, we we got him. And I kind of felt that way in the summer. I mean, and I had to make sure I had my dates correct, too. Paul Maurice was hired on June 22nd. Matthew mm-hmm. Kachuk was traded to the Florida Panthers on July 22nd. Of course, we knew the time of day it was very late at night, 11 p.m., heading to the next day. But you think about... Paul Maurice preparing for his first year with the team. And of course, but remember that Kachuk wasn't available for a trade until a few weeks after free agency. Of course, the Panthers could have altered some of their plans if he was available earlier, but you know, nothing we nothing the Panthers can do uh, about it after they made their, their small little uh, signings. But also it goes back to a conversation that Bill Zito that we had about Bill Zito is like, man, what I would, he, he's saying, man, what I would do to get a player like Kachuk and he, him never even thinking that Matthew would be available and just 
and 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 trying to make that happen and of course we we figured we we figured that with the age as well the age difference between him and Huberto as mm-hmm. well and 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 trying to make that make that happen and of course it can it can still very well work out for the Calgary Flames too i mean they got a first round pick out of it they got um Cole Schwint out of it yeah he's likely going to be a bottom six player when he does uh, arrive in Calgary Cole Schwint but uh it just goes to show when you, the price that you pay going the other way, you, you know, you know, what you're getting a, you, you're getting a, you're getting a sure thing. You're not taking a guess on someone you're taking, mm-hmm. you are taking, you are seeing a guy's game who is translatable to what basically whatever system he he's in. I, Matthew Kachuk is one of those players. Another player that I think is, you can put in another, in another system that I think can really work out the first, other name that comes to my mind is Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars. That's another one that I think his game is translates to uh, wh- whichever team you you put him in. Artemi Panera is another one as, as well. But just the, Paul Murray said this dude's a gamer, and how we spoke about him in the offseason and preparation now it manifested on the ice and him basically carrying the team. Uh, it, it's it's just brilliant to have, and exciting to continue to have him in South Florida. Yeah. And Bill Zito, you know, as soon as he found out that Chuck was even available, um, you know, you, you have to kind of wonder what you want to give up. And I think as soon as uh, Calgary came back and said, Hey, you know, we're, we're good with the deal surrounding these pieces. Give me the green button. Just, just, yeah, let's get this done. Make sure that his, uh, <laughs> or where's my credit card. I want, give me that. Um, but the big thing about that is, is not only was it needed for the age difference to prolong this window that the Panthers have to try and win a Stanley cup, it alters how the team is going to play. Huberto was finesse skill pass first kind of guy to Chuck seems like he's a pass first kind of guy, but he's more of a possession type player, but he plays with grit and he doesn't let allow anybody to, I guess, dictate the game. He's the one that's going to do it for you. And when's the last time Florida had a player like that? You you can't really. Like maybe back to maybe early 2000s, maybe with Ole Jokin and maybe, or even the 96 team. That's probably the only time that this franchise has ever had somebody like that. So to bring in somebody and to see exactly what he's able to do, Maurice is right. He's a, you know, X at sign, explanation point, uh, hashtag or, you know, <laughs> number sign. He's a gamer. And this is exactly what Florida needed. And, you know, one thing I did kind of want to bring up uh, because it actually happened just before uh, we came on, but, you know, we talk about, you know, how to Chuck has changed this uh, franchise already in his first year, but think about how the marketing of him now here, not only in South Florida, but for the all-star game and now in the playoffs, Armando, did you know that game five was the most watched playoff game of all time on cable? Incredible. And even a week ago with game one, that was the highest rated game at the time. And, you know, these are only going to go up for the time being. I mean, mm-hmm. depending on the route of streaming as well. Um, it, it's, of course, has to do with Kachuk being the marketable star, marketable star that he is, the Bruins and their uh, quest to being the greatest team of all time as well, trying to get a cup and just so many different factors when it comes to this series. Definitely. And, you know, with all those storylines and then you have the drama that's going in on game in and game out, um, 
it makes you it's 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 must see tv the first round of hockey playoffs is the best out of any sport Mm -hmm. nhl playoffs by far is the best of any sport so see that florida is a part of something that's very special it you know it's a really good thing to see um you know i don't know if they would pull these numbers if they were playing against tampa but hey you know i i won't shy away from the numbers i think it was like two point no, it was uh, 1.5 million uh, viewers on average last night, and they're peaking at 2.1 million. But uh, this, yeah, that that's that's a lot for the that's NHL. So um, I will give credit to Bouchergross for putting that out and uh, retweeted it. So, mm-hmm. and of course, it helps with having the number one crew on on the call too. That's a that's another thing. <sighs> Regardless of our opinions of Sean McDonough regardless but <laughs> so uh, yeah we, we, there's one that i don't want particularly and i'm glad that they've stayed away yeah so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh we're going to transition over to segment number three where we're going to discuss more about preparing for game six back in sunrise florida we're going to discuss some of the injury updates and what the panthers need to do differently to take home a win and force a game seven on sunday night we're going to discuss that next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Segment number three here on this Friday, April 28th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Nick Fairbanks is back for another edition of the show. And uh, a few injury updates. Uh, Maurice clarified that Sasha Barkov was sick heading into game one, but started to feel better. Uh, Ryan Lomberg will be a game time decision uh, going into Friday. So chances are the, the Florida Panthers could have Ryan Lomberg back on, on that third line and crazy to think just, I love, I love the social media aspect of what the Panthers have been doing lately, especially getting that video of Kachuk and saying, remember this locker room, mm-hmm. we're going to be back here for, for game seven. And just the, the confidence that the, that the, the, the Florida Panthers ha- have uh, go, going into, going into game six, even though, it's a chance to redeem yourself after what happened in games three and four. And really let's just really talk about uh, what the Panthers need to do differently. And and also Jeff Merrick also preaches more and more that momentum doesn't carry as much into another game as much as we think it does, because we've seen different things go on in, in, in this series. And Paul Maurice was asked about whether he was worried about the shot on goal advantage and, uh, talk about how the high shot volume is different in the postseason as far as not as far as high danger but that it's chaos created with the shot and talk about how can't give up 50 shots on goal whether they're quality or not but one thing but again one thing we've seen is momentum isn't doesn't carry as much as as we think but also power play needs to continue back-to-back games that they score and the crisp movement and also positionally too mm-hmm. even though Aaron Eckblad wasn't a part of the power play power play one with him being back in the lineup the the having Kachuk on that right flank Bennett on the doorstep and then and and then Rhino in in in, in the slot in the in the bumper position mm-hmm. the, the different things that come to the table there and even when the puck is dished behind you could have Kachuk um, towards the corner as well. Bennett digs it out and and have Sam Reinhart creep on the doorstep for a, a backdoor pass. So different dimensions, faster skaters too. 
there as as well. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I can appreciate about what Paul Maurice has uh, done um, with uh, with the power play. And and again, we're not going to pretend that Ekblad is the fastest skater. Um, does he have a a, a good one timer shot? Sure, but you need quicker puck movement on 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 the power play. And I think I'm I'm not saying I'm not guaranteeing that the Panthers are going to have some type of explosion. Yeah, they need to fix things on the other end of things on the penalty kill. Yeah, but it's also encouraging to see that okay, two straight games. You're, you, you, even though you gave up two power play goals on the other on the other side, two out of the three, which even on the expected goals model, you see three goals for the Panthers, um, three goals for the Bruins on on five on five, and they only gave up one actual goal. So incredible! Mm-hmm. Again, one to again what Sergey Borowski has done. But those are uh, my keys to the game as far as what the Panthers need to do in order to win uh, Game Six. What are uh, your keys, and not only that, but how confident are you in the Panthers coming back home for Game Six? So I'll start off uh, and saying that I agree with Merrick on this. I think us as fans and us in the media per se, we have longer memories because we need storylines to tell, and we need we want to see um, like a story being built or we need to see conflict. And, you know, what the, what we see is like Boston and Florida just going at it. Now that there's game six, you know, the fact that Florida has been able to stay resilient and stay in the series when, you know, nobody gave them a chance. Whereas the players in all sports, basically they're trained to come in, play their game, talk about it, and then forget it, whether it was a good game or a bad game, because what will happen is, is if you keep remembering um, or focusing on things that you may have done or didn't do in the previous game. It could affect your play now, and it could affect the series. And, you know, um, that's just the mentality you have to have going into the playoffs, and especially in this series. So Merrick, 100% agree. Um, secondly, with how Maurice was talking about shots and chaos and everything, um, I agree to an extent. But the problem with that is, is that I feel like Boston's done a much better job in keeping Florida on the outside, putting shots on and Correct. limiting the amount of chances. Whereas Florida has really not done that. I mean, I think the only game that they've actually done that was game two, where Boston was just giving us pizzas all day. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, Little Caesars couldn't even give us free pizzas like they were. So um, it just it just goes to show you that Boston, I think, is all – bought in and they are uh, they have all the players to do it because look game five they benched a 17 goal scorer and some players that were actually making an impact or making it hard on the panthers and they put bergeron in bergeron didn't make an impact let's not you know dismiss him or anything like that but you know did you see him down on the boards trying to win battles a lot no he he played the bumper position he won face-offs a big face-off actually on that power play um so Kind of wondering, you know, what Boston's going to do for game six, and I'll kind of get into what I'm going to think here in just a second about game six and how I feel. Um, but you had mentioned how Florida has scored two power play goals um, in the last two games. And, yes, there was a change. Ekblad's off. You, you said that, you know, his skating ability is slow. That's been his curse, unfortunately, since he's been drafted. But the problem with that, too, is that whenever he gets the puck or he needs to go down low to win a puck battle, he's not winning him. He's not keeping the puck in the zone. So what do you do? I think you the right decision was to put Barkoff on the top because mm. 
Ooh, I might say something controversial here, so uh, I don't know. But Barkov is a better defender than Ekblad. So in case there is something that goes wrong or Barkov has to be the last man back, I think I would trust him more than having Ekblad back. So um, there's a rhyme and reason for that. Um, and then on the PK side, you know how you fix that? Stop taking dumb penalties. Especially Stop that taking man on the ice. Jesus. Like that – that by far was inexcusable. How were there six skaters on the middle of the ice? Like that was just so bad. Um, I, I didn't. I, I I was silent when when that was called. I'm like, how? How? I was like how? this. Yeah. It was it was awful. But then Ekblad takes back to back penalties. You, you cannot give a team like Boston that many chances because. Panthers are winning five on five, whether they were getting their heads crushed in on possession and everything, they were not allowing goals five on five. Now, if you give Boston those chances, of course, they're going to tie it up and we're going to be back mm-hmm. on our heels. So going into what I think game six is going to be, Boston's control both games. Florida's come out really good for the first 10 minutes of the first period. They have nothing to show for it. Every team that has scored first wins the game. Mm-hmm. Florida needs to find a way to score within the first 10 minutes of their push to really cement them being in that game. Because if they don't, Boston's going to score one. Florida's going to feel like, oh, okay, we just put all that effort and we didn't score and they just threw it on net, it's in. And then you go into the second period down one and then they get a power play and they're already up 2 nothing. Then you're starting to scramble a little bit. you got to start changing your identity, how you're playing the game, and you're basically running around you have chaos then. So my thing – Stop taking dumb penalties and get the first goal in the first 10 minutes because you know they're going to come out and they're going to push. After that, play your five-on-five and play to the point that you're standing Boston up on the blue line. Don't let them just cross over the blue line with the puck. Let them dump it in and make them work for it because if you wear them down, they're not going to be able to play in the third period in the final minutes when you're trying to put pressure on. And basically, if you allow the first goal, you can. There's an opportunity, especially when you're in an elimination game. You could be running with a chicken without your head, without a head. And, and yes, so that's what the to do too Florida much. You don't want that's a that's a position you don't want the Florida Panthers to be in. And listen, if if the Boston Bruins score first, I'm not. Uh, the the trend has shown first one first one to score wins, and it it it, could, it it's been that trend in each, each of the first five games. So hopefully come Friday night, we see the Florida Panthers being that first team on the board. And of course it, it, it um, forcing that game seven, which I will be there in South Florida for game six. Uh, chances are maybe, or maybe not, we'll be doing an intermission meetup in the middle of the game. So anyone who follows me and the show page on the lockdown Florida Panthers, Twitter and on Instagram, uh, be, be sure to follow for any announcements on any intermission meetup. So, so we can, uh, shoot the breeze a little bit, uh, for, uh, (laughs) and what our thoughts are throughout, throughout the game. So Nick, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Tell everybody where they can find you. Armando, thank you again for having me. Um, it's been a roller coaster all season, especially with this series. Uh, everybody who's listening, you guys can follow me at Prudentia Zero. Um, very colorful on Twitter during the game. So if you guys like some funny tweets or you guys just want to get uh, like an in-second emotion on what's going on, I'm the guy to follow. But let's win game six. Let's take care of business at home, and let's take it back to Boston where all the pressure is going to be on them and we have a legit chance at ruining 
the best overall regular season for the Boston Bruins. So Armando, thank you again. Absolutely. And I hope to see you next week where we're talking about hopefully a round two. So against the Tampa Bay lightning. Yes. That will be <laughs> awesome. That'll, that'll be, that'll be great. By the way, before we sign off, who are the bears picking? Because we, the draft hasn't happened yet. Um, I'm going to probably say that they're going to probably go with an offensive lineman. Um, I don't know exactly who, but that's something that they need to protect fields with. Um, and they already have wide receivers for them. So the next logical thing, get an offensive lineman that's going to be with you for years to come. Yep. And uh, of course, we're recording this right before the draft and right before the game start on Thursday night. So we'll know all those results by the time you guys listen to in the morning. So Nick, thank, thank you so much. And I will see you next week, my friend. Thank you. See you next week. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. So you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steel Ronan, and Locked On NHL Prospects. And for the everydayers, make sure to come back to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on Saturday morning, where we'll be breaking down Game Six. Where we'll be ta- will we be talking about the Panthers being eliminated, or will we be talking about the Florida Panthers forcing Game Seven? So hopefully, we are talking about the latter. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.